Welcome to the Brother, Brother, Brother podcast, where three brothers from three different generations talk about their one shared passion, music. I'm your host, Wyndham Lewis, and I'm here with my brother, Jeremy Sartori. It's a Brother, Brother podcast. And today, it's a What Are You Listening To episode. You can now listen to episodes on the Brother Pod app, which also gives you access to additional new music, music news, clips, and content that we curate for each episode. You can also interact with us directly through the talkback feature. Ask us questions, make suggestions, and voice your own opinions. Just search BrotherPod in the App Store to download it on your mobile device. As always, you can learn more about the pod at BrotherPod.com. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook, and it's always extremely helpful if you rate and review us on iTunes. Now, I asked Jeremy the question, what are you listening to? Brother, brother, brother pod. Uh, tonight is Wyndham and I talking. Um, what are you listening to? Young Christian is uh, off to college again. So we are uh, going to recap some albums that we were excited about <clears throat> um, coming into 2019 and uh, give you our take and then a couple uh, you know, minor surprises as well that we've gotten into. So Wyndham, Unearthed. Um, what are you listening to? Well, unfortunately, um, given that I, uh, you know, sort of ascribed uh, or have attempted to um, vary my my listening uh, uh, habits, I, I I've been kind of stuck on this Deer Hunter album. Uh, why hasn't everything say. disappeared already? Yeah, exactly. I know it sort of fits squarely in my in my wheelhouse, but I do really like it, and it's uh, you know it's one of those ones early on in the year. Um, that sort of hit me immediately. The single hit me immediately, and then it, it's uh, grown from there. So I'm really digging the whole album, and it's um, I don't know. I find Deer Hunter to be an interesting group that is uh, evolving, but at the same time, I don't know. Every single one of their uh, releases seems to be kind of self-consciously a fill-in-the-blank record, whether that's their, you know, uh, their pop record or their, um, you know, return to chaos record, their, you know, art punk record or whatever. And, and it just seems to me people are too keen to classify them when, you know, just like parquet courts last year, um, you know, this is, uh, we're getting further and further into these guys' career and they just keep putting out good stuff. And, and I'm, very willing to to keep listening rather than than trying to uh, define analogize it to death. Yeah, um, curious actually because it's kind of funny. I feel like Deer Hunter is a band, especially you in particular, and me to some degree, have watched them kind of grow up. Uh, Wynn and I, um, you know, attended Pitchfork Fest for years uh, behind the scenes, and uh, and early early on, you know, Deer Hunter was. I think you saw them, you know, on their first one of their very first tours. I saw one of their first, yeah, gigs outside of Atlanta. Exactly. I think it was a, yeah. Saw them upstairs in the Middle East in uh, Boston, in I can't even tell you the year, but um, yeah, you've you know, gone from watching Brandon, them eat microphones to uh, yeah. <laughs> well, Brandon Cox was wearing a wedding dress yeah. and a and a mobile around his head, and um, you know, it's hard to grow out of that. It's hard, uh, particularly with his physicality and and um, you know, sort of peculiar uh, stage presence. It's hard to um, 
you know, kind of grow out of, of um, being self-conscious of being on stage, but that's exactly what it is. I mean, I found that the early years, they were making interesting music, and they were good showmen, but it was, it, you know, there was a, a lot of circus involved, and the circus felt very self-consciously trying to take away from, you know, like a lot of bands and a lot of indie rock, particularly, the sort of embarrassment of being good. Uh, ambition yes. and being good. Um, I know that sounds kind of back-ass, but uh, it's true. It's, you know, you're 20-something, early 20s. You know, you can people tell you the stuff is good, but basically you're kind of you're a little bit embarrassed to uh, put yourself forward and and announce any any form of ambition. But they've been so musically ambitious from the get go that uh, you know I think it's really kind of cool the way they've evolved. Um, this album again, it's uh, you know it's they're getting more straightforward, but at the same time, I mean, the, the first single is this sort of you know pastoral British you know, field folk kind of uh, line repeated uh, over and over again, or the riff kind of repeated over and over again. It gets to be a very intense song by the end of it. And, it, it, you know, I find it like a thrilling experience. I think, you know, this is really good. And I think they're just getting uh, increasingly confident, um, you know, a confidence that's ultimately finally going to match the ambition that they've always had and never wanted a cop to. Yeah, it's like a quiet confidence. I feel like it's a band that um, always has a layered sound, and one of the things that I love about them is there's always a song within the song. Um, You know, I I always feel like there's, you know, the kind of the tune, but then there's always a twist or turn that really catches me, and uh, I need to give this album a few more spins, but I'm I'm going to... I've liked what I've heard so far. And uh, what do you want to hear off of it, actually? Um, I think, um, you know, I'll, we'll go with the, the strength of the first single and uh, play a, a chunk of um, Death in Midsummer. Sounds good. Come on down from that cloud and cast your fears aside. You're all here and there And there's nothing inside May God's will be done In these poisoned hills And let the devil be cast out on his tail There was a voice that called me There was a light that So a couple of weeks ago, I, I, I shot Christian a, a text. I think I'm, you were probably on the same text chain, and I just said, is um, Comeback Kid the best <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah song since Maps? <laughs> and, of course, we're talking about, talking about Sharon Bennett, and, um, and uh, you've been 
having you've had this on sort of heavy rotation and you're getting into it so you know spill tell me what yeah. tell me what you're thinking so remind me tomorrow um Sharon Vinen's much sort of uh anticipated uh new album came you know fresh off of a feature article in the New York Times that we talked about in a couple of pods ago um off a child being back in college and uh being a you know sort of cult, becoming an actress cult TV star as well yeah so you know, it's funny. I, I absolutely love Comeback Kid, and um, I heard it, and uh, I really, I, I'm a big fan in general, and, and like her voice quite a bit, like her, her lyricality and, and kind of what she brings to the table. And I was sort of thinking, like, oh, wow, this album's going to be, because that, that, that song is big, you know, I think. It's pretty different, it yeah, different. from what she's. Yeah, oh, definitely. I mean, she's. She's kind of noodled around with different soundscapes and, and electronics and things like that, but nothing quite as produced and quite as, um, uh, yeah, large sounding as that. And um, I sort of braced myself for kind of uh, Sharon Van Etten becomes, you know, huge. And I got to say, like, at first listen of Remind Me Tomorrow, I was like, oh, this isn't nearly as big as I thought it was going to be and, um, and and not nearly as, as kind of like, um, a turn in any different direction. That single actually fits really nicely within the album, but in general, it, it's kind of like what we were talking about with Deer Hunter. Um, it's a woman who is just expanding her wherewithal and her sound. And I think her I told, yeah, I think I told you everything. The opening track really buns it up. Like if you're a Sharon Van Etten fan, this album is going to deliver for you and not disappoint. If you were, you know, I think there's probably some people that were maybe taken back a little bit by Comeback Kid, whether they liked it or not, but just the sort of sonics of it and the um, production of it. And you kind of find that, like, it, it, this is really very similar, I think, in a good way, in all the good ways, to her um, early recordings, but in a... Um, you know, I think just somebody who's expanding and, and has either, you know, more of a, a musical palette to, to draw from or more, you know, dollars to to uh, expand that sound or, or whatever it is. But in general, like, I, you know, I personally think she's a fantastic songwriter. I mean, the two singles, Come Back Kid, 17, are really, um, you know, sort of powerful in-your-face songs. Um, she's got, you know, everything like I, you know, like I said, I told you everything is an opening track that is, you know, sort of heart wrenching, um, at the same time. And, and the one thing I've really always liked about her is there's just an intimacy, um, to her, at least for me, to her songs where it's like somebody you kind of feel like, you know, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and, um, she just does a great job of kind of drawing you in, um, but not quite, you know, being matter of fact or on the nose. So well, what's your take? I know you're, you know, haven't really followed her as closely as I have, but I know you were excited for this album post that single. No, I think, you know, it, I think it's a change of pace. I think, you know, it's, I'm always happy when somebody, uh, you know, this far into their career and, it, it, you know, is kind of far into the career. It's, you know, six albums in, I think, or something um, that they're willing and uh, to, to change gears and, and um, you know, get away from, uh, what's super comfortable. Uh, I also just, you know, I really like the, I think her songwriting and her voice, um, lend itself well to, to a kind of big production like that. And it's, it's refreshing to hear somebody, uh, do that without feeling like, 
without them feeling like they're selling out. You know what I mean? I, I always hearken back to like the nineties, you know, the sort of fraught nineties when, um, you know, as opposed to now when everything's political, everything then was sort of uh, um, measured on on your authenticity. And, you know, having poor Liz Fair, who was fucking phenomenal, get just crucified for, for trying to... For, yeah, for, for trying to make a pop in. record. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and, it, I mean, originally for not putting her time in, and then later for, you know, for, you know, sort of swinging for the fences as far as a mainstream record. And right. it was like, who, why, why would you malign somebody for doing that? I've always had that uh, feeling, and, and I feel like this is, you know, and it, this is... Uh, that record in the time when when trying to fit into that world is not um, the uh, the third rail that it used to be, and, I, and I'm happy for it. Yeah, it kind of reminds me a little bit um, of the arc of like a Cat Power career, right? I mean, I think Sharon mm-hmm. Van Etten hasn't been as you know sort of uh, reclusive or as you know <laughs> sort of stage shy as. Um, but to a certain degree, I mean, if you look at like early, you know, uh, performances of her or have seen her, and which I have um, early on, like it was definitely a little bit more of a, a toned down kind of approach. And, uh, you know, the same time where like Cat Power came out with the greatest, right? Or, um, mm-hmm. you know, something that was, uh, you know, slightly different, but, you know, it, it, I guess it accentuated the things that she did well. Yeah, that, um, that she did best. Yeah, exactly, and 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 then also kind of brought her into a little bit more of like a, a starlet mode, which was you know well deserved after putting her time in and having a, a solid career. But you know, I think at the core of it too, and, and I know you know, like I said um, earlier, you know, this is somebody I've definitely followed and, and really loved her last album quite a bit. Um, it it's kind of the same thing with a bigger sound, which is good. Like she does it really mm-hmm. well, and uh, I think it's it's great to hear. So um, I'm gonna pick a track off this one real quick, and I'm actually gonna go. I think we played "Comeback Kid" off of uh, when we were talking about 2019. Mm-hmm. If so, if we didn't, but I'm gonna go with "I Told You Everything," which I really think is like a a pretty uh, heavy opener, but a great Sharon Van Etten song and spot on. All right.
somebody we were not surprised to see take a very commercial turn uh, is Ariana Grande. <laughs> what I am surprised at, though, and what I'm really, uh, you know, pleasantly and, and surprised by and, and very happy to see is somebody with the profile of Ariana Grande being as prolific as sort of mid uh, early to mid eighties Husker do. This is uh, <laughs> two albums in six months by some somebody who's uh, you know Bob in the stratosphere of stars. Of, you know where the albums generally tend to take several years and have fourteen thousand guest appearances and um, you know are are really a lot of times tough to divine who actually is responsible for the record at hand. Um, yeah, that this was, this my was get our get off my lawn moment. This Sorry. was our surprise turn, by the way. Ariana Grande's new album. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, uh, but it, it is really good, and, and I mean, she's been consistently really excellent since she, you know, since she was um, since several years ago when <laughs> you know Dangerous Woman came out. Uh, yeah, I mean, fuck, I mean, she was twelve probably when she started, but um, you know, she is maturing really well and maturing. Uh, in a way, I mean, she's gone through a, a hell of a lot um, recently with her um, ex dying last year, and, and of course the um, being part of the Manchester UK shooting yeah. um, spree that happened at one of her shows in 2017. So, um, you know, the the maturation process is expedited, unfortunately, by really horrific events. But at the same time, um, you know, she's really prolific and really genuinely excellent yeah i mean 2013 2014 2016 2018 2019 uh, my everything dangerous woman and i loved uh sweetener last year it was on my top albums of the year and i i, I think it's uh i think that's our theme tonight is maturing artists by the way <laughs> as, <laughs> as, as we as age we, <laughs> as we as we age into pop starlet yeah. <laughs> but um you know i think uh Exactly. Thank you, Dex. It's a, it's a, a, um, it's a more, I guess, sort of somber album, or, or not somber, but it, it's a little less fun than um, some of her earlier stuff. And I think, um, you know, Sweeter to me was like kind of almost like a pop masterpiece. I, I think it really, like, if you listen to some of those songs, it just it, somebody perfectly constructed. You hear the craft. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I think this is a little more like personal, um, a little more uh, edge. And, you know, I, I, I've given it a, a couple of spins. I really like it, but I, I think you kind of nailed the nailed it. I mean, it, she is um, quiet. I, I mean, not quietly. Obviously, she's mega famous. But at the same time, I feel like, you know, do you really know or, or have you heard Ariana Grande speak much? Because <laughs> I know I, I don't feel like I have. And I think she's feel- sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I feel like she's resting the throne at this point. Like yeah. She's taking it away from the Rihannas and Beyonce's and, and you know, I mean, she's... I agree. Uh, They're she's not... She's escalating in her profile at the same time she is legitimizing herself as a, an artist, which is pretty cool. It's very pretty cool. impressive. And I also think, um, and this is what I've kind of always thought about her, and, you know, whether it's sort of the wizardry of, of the production teams or whatever, she always... Um, finds kind of the pulse of you know whatever's hot in dance or in you know kind of popular music but it has her own her own twist on it or her own sound and I, I really think it's almost like Madonna kind of in her heyday you know in the sense mm-hmm. that it was like 
I mean, obviously less of a provocateur and, and to some degree. And so going, um, going down to see, you know, having your ear to the ground and... That's and what I feel like. Popularizing yeah, exactly. niche movements. I mean, not the trap is a niche movement, but, um, you know, but popularizing the things that might be too, have a little too much edge to be mainstream. I mean, that was always Madonna's gift. Absolutely, yeah. Knowing what was going on in the clubs, you know, before uh, everybody else did. And I think uh, Ariana Grande has definitely taken that throne. Um, well, uh, should we hear? Uh, what do you want to hear off this album? When I like Bloodline. I don't. That's not a song that's getting a ton of attention. Seven Rings is getting a ton of attention. Um, you know, I don't know what uh, is. I don't even know which ones. I mean, that's what I think. That's the beauty of this of these records and her. Uh, Output is that like I listen to the album top to bottom, and I mean there's a couple that I could identify as singles, but she could put out any number of these as singles, and it wouldn't sound out of place to me at all. I yeah. think Bloodline, I like it. Let's do it, and not to mention that she put out the uh, the title track, you know, right on the cusp of having her last album out, which is pretty cool. Yeah, um, so let's do it. <laughs> about polarities um you know ariana grande being the pinnacle of the pop world <laughs> this is literally a band that is not only the opposite pole but literally named after one of the poles <laughs> yeah. uh, a band that doesn't even have a uh, very thorough uh, all music page um antarctico vespucci which is uh, a name that you know we'll, we'll just leave it at that but it is uh, the duo of Jeff Rosenstock, who um, you know put out the excellent album last year, Post, and uh, Chris Farron, who was in a band um, called Fake Problems, um, kind of a, a punky sort of, uh, I don't know, sort of power pop punk band. And then uh, the ex-drummer of Gaslight Anthem, um, Benny Horowitz. And so basically, it's, it's, I guess, sort of a side project. They had a couple EPs, and I was uh, actually in Brooklyn, couple of days ago for my other job and uh you know christian was actually going to see our um going to see jeff rosenstock and we were talking about him and he mentioned these guys and i ended up popping on on my train ride back up to boston loving the time of email um and this album is is uh i think it's it's got all the things that i really like about a jeff rosenstock but with much more um sort of anxiety and pop uh, aesthetic. So a lot of times I think, you know, he's fantastic. I, I think he's, you know, great, but it's a little bit big and a little bit uh, 
you know, uh, earnest. And this is really an album of love songs. Um, and truly, you know, kind of a couple of generations removed from me where you're literally, you know, watching the dots of your iPhone waiting for that person to reply. And, uh, I think, you know, to me, it, it has a little bit of, um, you know, if Ted Leo had kind of grown up on the warp tour, um, <laughs> it has, you know, just some of that like Cali power punk stuff, but with more of a, you know, Ted Leo aesthetic or a jam aesthetic, um, you know, and, Michael Cronin is sure. Yeah. I mean, a little less sixties. I mean, there's definitely more sort of keyboard and, and, uh, you know, kind of uh, math rock, but I don't know. I just like it was. It, there's some really, really catchy songs on here. Um, you know, the opening track I really like. Um, voicemail. I mean, a lot of them are obviously like talking about the kind of digital age. Um, Breathless on a DVD, and you know, freaking out, which is the single. And actually, Chris Farren really takes kind of the lead vocal, and I think has sort of a better um, vocal delivery for the style of music. In the same way um, that we were really into culture abuse last year, this is a little less kind of straightforward of that style and a little more um, experimental and, and kind of all over the place. But I think a really, really fun album and kind of a surprise, uh, which is always always good to catch when uh, you know a band isn't talked about. Yeah, well, wouldn't Americo Vespucci have been surprised to have discovered exactly. Antarctica? There you go. So, yeah. So I highly it's, recommend uh, that's what it. what happens when you have no GPS. <laughs> and I think uh, I should uh, freak you out with their single, Freaking You Out. And then we'll uh, close this episode as we always do. All right. brother brother it's Wynn and I and we just kind of uh, ran through some of our uh, faves of 2019 thus far on what are you listening to and <clears throat> we're gonna end this episode as we always do Win. what are you listening to I am listening to a lot of documentary and television um, saw Minding the Gap this week which I highly recommend it's on Hulu uh, it is a Oscar nominated uh, film that I won't get too far into. Um, it, it centers around uh, several years of shooting of uh, skateboard uh, teenagers in Rockford, Illinois. And um, rather than ruin it, I will just uh, urge you to see it and call it a an incredibly rich tapestry, uh, a lot of unexpected um, goings on in a much, much deeper film than can be uh, 
you know, sort of uh, described with a simple synopsis. So just watch it, and you will be very, very happy. Rockford, Illinois, skateboarding. Home of Cheap Trick. Yeah, I was going to say, home <laughs> of Cheap Trick. <laughs> that sounds uh, interesting, but, so I'll have to check that out. You will, um, you will love it. Yeah, cool. Well, I, I like all of those things, including Rockford, Illinois. So, um, yeah. What are you listening to? Yeah, for me, I'm going to go back to music. Um, not The album hasn't been released yet, but I've been um, really, really excited about and uh, kind of in nonstop rotation on the new um, Strand of Oak song, Weird Ways. And uh, it's a song that actually he's backed by My Morning Jacket, and it's just a song that, I don't know, kind of hits a nerve with me that I really like, which actually brought me back to what I've been listening to a lot, which is Heal. Um, I think it was 2014, uh, Strand of Oaks album, and just an album that uh, I think is like you know somewhat sorely underrated. It's a uh, it's a just one of those records, kind of like a um, Electric Magnolia Company or you know Jason Molina piece that I just find lyrically really sharp, and I also uh, tend to go back to in certain periods of my life. So um, I'll leave it at that, and. Uh, I think we need to uh, throw a song on the uh, never-ending playlist. What do you think? I think we are going to throw something on to the 6,422 10 best songs of all time. What are you throwing on? Build that playlist. Build that mm-hmm. playlist. Um, I am uh, I'm actually going to throw on, and we, we already have a song by this band on there. Actually, you know what? I'm going to flip it up. I'm in the same mode of uh, Manchester, England, and I was going to uh, go with Primal Scream, but I, uh, I think I'm going to go with Step On by Happy Mondays. Wow. That's a good call. I haven't heard that in quite some time. I'm about at the point in my life where I can hear it again. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny. I was going to do the same thing, and I realized that, uh, you know, there's bands that I played, out, played to death, and um, one of them that we both played to death uh, also, well... Also, Primal Scream, Scottish band. Um, but I'm going to go with Bill and Sebastian, uh, Arab Strap. Yeah, fucking great song. Hand clap. It is a great song. And, uh, and it's, it's just so funny because I don't think we have a Bill and Sebastian song on this. And we uh, don't. And we're all huge fans. And uh, I got to say, like, as much as I've played Bill and Sebastian to death, there's two that I will never get sick of, and that's one of the two. So thank you. Oh, excellent. All right. Well, I will look forward to our next chat. And uh, in the meantime, um, enjoy. And I'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. I'm Wyndham Lewis. On behalf of my brothers, Jeremy Sartori and Christian Lewis, thank you very much for listening to the Brother, Brother, Brother podcast. Many thanks also to our heroic producer, Damian Kendall, and to Simon Doom for our epic intro music. Learn more about the pod at brotherpod.com, follow us on Twitter and Facebook, and it's extremely helpful if you rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks again for listening.